0: Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS podcast, where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back, folks, to This Week in WordPress and Tech. It's episode 760. We've got a great guest with us. We've got Mario Pejev, founder of DevFIX, a leading WordPress development agency. Uh, Myro has, to say he has years of experience in dealing with clients and WordPress in general would be a slight understatement. Um, I've also got my great co-host with me, Kirk. Um, we're going to be discussing everything to do with running an agency, what Morrow's thoughts around Gutenberg and full-site editing, chat, GPT, AI, we've got how that will uh, revolutionise WordPress, if he thinks it will, and how to make um, a number of other questions. It should be a great discussion. Um, Morrow, can you quickly give us a 10, 20-second introduction about yourself and um, your company?
1: Hey, everyone. First off, uh, Kurt, Jonathan, thanks for having me. Uh, Again, it's been, what is it, five, six years or so since the last time? Mm -hmm. Time flies. (laughs) I know, that's that's well. Yeah, uh, for everyone that's meeting me for the first time. My name is Mario Peshev. I run uh, several businesses. One of them is uh, Devrix, which uh, uh, is allegedly one of the top 20 agencies worldwide, working on SMEs and enterprise projects, uh, scaling some of the largest publishers on the planet, and uh, doing a lot of crazy stuff on top of WordPress. Uh, my background is in uh, software engineering and enterprise development. I built my first website back in 1999. Uh, and ever since, I've been trying to make the, the web a better place. And make my life slightly more interesting as uh, time goes by.
0: That's great. And I've got my co- great co host with me, Kurt. Kurt, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers?
2: Yeah, perfect, Jonathan. Uh, my name is Kurt, Kurt von Annen. I own a small agency called Manana Nomas, and I work with WP Tonic on some projects. <laughs>
0: that's great and look before we go into the main meat and potatoes of this great interview we've got a couple messages from our major sponsors we will be back in a few moments folks
1: are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging sensei lms by automatic is the original wordpress solution for creating and selling online courses sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any wordpress page or post for example Interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today.
0: Hi there folks, it's Jonathan Denwood here, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, and that's Zolo.com. If you've got a WordPress website, a membership website, and you're looking to link it with a great financial management package, Zolo can provide this solution. So all your bookkeeping needs are done through Zolo. If you need new inbox email functionality and you don't want to pay the high charges that Google will charge you, Zolo offers a great email inbox Platform, They've got over 50 apps and services that all integrate fantastic with WordPress at great value levels. And they almost always offer a fully functioning free product as well. So it's just amazing value. Also, if you're a WordPress developer or agency owner, Zolo are looking for great partnerships in the WordPress space. To get all this information, all you have to do, folks, is just go over to zolo.com and they have the products that you're looking for. Thank you so much, Zolo, for supporting WP Tonic and the Machine Membership Shows. It's much appreciated. We're coming back. I just want to point out that we've got some great special deals from our sponsors. Plus we've got a curated list of the best WordPress plugins and solutions. So you don't have to troll the internet and spend hours trying to find the best solution for a specific category or job. To find all these goodies, all you have to do is go over to wptonic slash deals, wptonic slash deals, and you find all the goodies there. So let's go straight into it, Mario. Um Obviously, getting new um, customers, getting uh, appropriate leads is a very important part of a digital agency. It's really sales are the life and blood of any business. So, um, in the past year, 18 months, have you seen any changes in the way that your own digital agency? Um, does outreach, manages to get new clientele. Basically, have you noticed any trends? Or do you think the fundamentals are really just the same as they've been for the past six, seven years? Uh, I
1: definitely don't think that anything has changed significantly over the past few years, especially over the past year or two. Uh, What really works for us is four different channels. Uh, First one is uh, strategic key partnerships with some of our great partners Uh, Hosting companies, uh, ad management vendors, different SaaS or toolkits for accessibility, for security, different tools targeting the same audience that we can kind of pair up with and uh, work together. That's kind of uh, channel number one. Number two is referrals and recommendations from our great clients. Number three is our inbound marketing, which is uh, something that we've been developing heavily for uh, DevRix for the past, I guess, nine years. And number four is my own personal brand and network. Uh, So just working on all those four verticals and segments at the same time is Really yielding the best results possible. Now, uh, that kind of comes with a twist. Uh, First off, we have tested out different uh, channels. We've hired salespeople, we've done outbound sales, cold calls, uh, emails, uh, any forms of blast. We've spent probably over, I don't know, maybe over. 70,000 in PPC ads for different initiatives. Which we've tried out different uh, landing pages, freebies, and so forth for funnels. None of that has ever yielded any results for us whatsoever. So that's the first thing. Uh, we we have like we we can't even attribute a single client to that. That's that that's a fact, which is uh, as crazy as it might sound. Uh, but so that's the first thing. We've tried out different things. They just don't work for us. And the second thing is that we are. Uh, Slightly higher, kind of upper tier type of business. For instance, our maintenance plans start at um, at twelve hundred dollars and so forth. So we're definitely it's it's definitely not a race to the bottom type of business that we can compete by price. If we can offer you know low level uh, kind of cheap or let's call it affordable solutions, then some of these channels may actually work. But when price is not something you can compete by, uh, then it definitely requires different
0: uh, mediums to attract the right clients. Yeah, I totally understand. Um, Just a quick follow-through question. When it comes to business to business, um, obviously it's a very different beast to business to consumer. Um, Do you think, now obviously you're talking about uh, referrals, your personal network um, and your content, your content marketing side. But do you think, um, I listen, and he's a friend of mine, uh, Rob Rowling, of um, startups for the rest of us. You know, he talks about when it comes to the business to business, the outreach, which you say hasn't really worked out for you. Do you think, have you analyzed that? Do you think you've really pursued it enough or, or do you, you know, you seem a very competent and rational individual. Um, um, you know, outreach, business to business, you know, a lot of other companies do get results. Do you think it's hmm. that you haven't concentrated or, or was it it really just didn't work? You know, and you, have you got any thoughts why it hasn't worked?
1: Yeah, uh, totally. So first off, I'm not discarding any type of initiative whatsoever, right? It's, it's important to state that, right? Uh the reason anything in the world exists, including spam, is th- there's revenue behind that. There's a way to, to make money out of pretty much everything out there, right? Uh same goes for I don't know, crypto or or you know, pretty much everything that exists uh, makes money for the right owner. So that's pretty important to 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 recognize. Now in terms of in terms of web agencies or providing WordPress uh, development, uh, and, and, and using outreach, my number one problem is that that's definitely a commodity, uh, in the sense of, uh, last time I, I did a, an extensive research was probably seven years ago. Uh, I found about four million freelancers on Upwork and, and Freelancer.com alone providing WordPress services. There were over fifty thousand agencies providing uh, similar services and so forth. I'm pretty sure that the numbers now are higher, uh, even though I run a WordPress agency and have done that for the past thirteen years. Uh, I receive about you know twenty five to forty outreach requests every single month from freelancers, outsourcing agencies, and uh, everyone out there. And that's been going on for a decade. Uh, So that is to say people have developed uh, something similar to banner blindness, right? We browse websites, we know there are banners, there are ads. We are so used to seeing them, we now tend to ignore them. Uh, There are other types of services and solutions out there similar to web development, any form of uh, outsourcing service, uh, cheap SEO or marketing, link building, um, maybe accounting services. Or so certain solutions that are generic and there are millions of vendors providing them. So the generic outreach is just not uh, working out. People have seen hundreds of these offers already. Now, uh, of course, one option to overcome that is the uh, race to the bottom type of model. If you can create a solution that's really scalable, low cost, high volume, it may be competitive enough price-wise to, to ensure that, you can stay afloat and 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 you know you can generate business, right? Uh, option number two is really specializing and 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 uh, creating a competitive value proposition that is so strong and so valuable uh, that the right audience is going to to connect with you and 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 really respond back. Um, for instance, let's say um I know offering performance optimization for body press communities for non-profits. That's a total random example, but you know, like you reach out to the no, right we, organization. We, uh,
0: we, we know not we know nothing about
1: that, Mara. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, so relevance. Uh, so essentially using that is is so it's it's closely related to the business needs and the ROI of uh, of the right company. So working with something like that uh definitely can uh, can be helpful. Option number three, I think, is um uh, how to get your food through the door. Like is 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 there anything else you can contribute to the conversation? Is there an auto-generated report you can prepare? Like I know, SEO report, user experience, performance, anything that you can send for free with the outreach to 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 grab attention, um, and or or I know like a free review, like hey let's uh, you know I'm going to do a free discovery session for a couple hours and work with you or so forth. So things like that, this can contribute, this can deliver value. But the generic uh, blanket approach of of uh, working with that or working with high ticket clients, which is what we do, is just not something that uh, solves a lot of problems. Um, so, yeah, definitely possible and definitely requires a
2: certain angle to make it, work, make it work.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Over to you, Kurt.
2: I just want to comment that I really appreciate the depth and transparency of that answer, man. I mean, it's um, I've had similar experiences, right? And I think when you get into the higher ticket item, it requires that high touch involvement mm-hmm. as part of the relationship sales process and, and it's uh you know the race to the bottom thing's great for two dollar a month hosting but it's not in a business to business example right um that was awesome um my question's more about like design and and where we're going we seem to be in this flux um mm-hmm. just this morning i ended up coaching somebody on gutenberg versus elementor for building a header um how do you, what do you think personally uh, connected to Gutenberg and full site editing and and how things are rolling in our work environment
1: uh, well first off, can you teach me how to create a header in yeah. Gutenberg? That's
0: <laughs> that, that's the first
1: question. And,
0: and that, that, that's, that's, that's very insightful, actually.
1: <laughs> I think this would be the most valuable portion of this episode, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so WordPress is in an interesting spot right now. Um, personally, I don't think that WordPress has evolved a lot over the past two or three years. And there are definitely strides in doing that. Via Gutenberg and full citation, and some of the other initiatives that the team have, uh done so far. However, uh, if memory serves me well, uh, Gutenberg dropped as a core solution in December. Was it 2018? I think maybe about four and a half years ago or so. And and Gutenberg is still far from stable, right? Uh, I attended the WordCamp recently, the Contributor Day. I was in the accessibility team, and I saw a lot of accessibility problems with Gutenberg, and that's uh, definitely not cool. We had negotiated uh, uh, a project for, uh, well, for a government-backed organization. They said, whatever you do, just not Gutenberg, right? It was like, could be... Elementor it could be Tiny MC. I don't care. Like even we can even do that with, with uh, Dauphie Bakery, right? Anything, just not Gutenberg, right? So for me, that's a warning, right? I like Gutenberg as an idea. I've been an early advocate of Gutenberg. This is the way to go. We can just have a YC week editor for landing page building experience. That's, that that so the, the direction is there, uh, but we've developed the plugin for what three or four or five years. Then it's been four and a half years in core, and we're still nowhere. Right, I, I pick a random template kit or a pattern. It's it's not replicable. Uh, you know, I use whatever Jina's blog, uh, Atomic blogs, uh, Ultimate Gutenberg blogs. I don't exactly remember the names, but any of that blog builders, and you can't really put up a page the same way you can use an Elementor kit or go to uh, something like Webflow or Wix or whatever it is, and it just works. Right. Uh, so so yeah, it's a complicated question. The the direction is there. Uh, but but we're pretty slow with implementing that, and I see that some competitors, especially you know uh, hosted site builders and some of the funded solutions that we see, uh, you know, advertising sp- spending seven million dollars promoting a Super Bowl ad. Uh, this is Squarespace. I'm going to give them some free uh, credits. Hopefully that's fine. But like they they go on and their solution kind of works for at least for a drag and drop type of experience. So we should we should at least match that is where I stand.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've had some some struggles on a couple of things, but when six point two came out, it felt like just this huge jump forward mm-hmm. all at once. And uh and so my most recent experiences have been really positive up until this header issue with this elementor <laughs>
0: thing this morning.
2: <laughs> Jonathan, to you?
0: Yeah, just a comment. Um I've you know it seems I mean I really don't I'm really confused about what my own feelings about this, Mario, because oh. my understanding is full site editing. It's like throwing a canade in something that was kind of solidifying. But on the other hand, I've been told um, that building um, themes, um, building block libraries, customization in what Full site editing represents. There are enormous benefits around being able to build themes, exchanging blocks. Technically, it reduces the overhead. But on the other hand, it does seem a kind of semi-connected and everything's happening in the air again. Am I on the right track there? Is that how you sense things as well?
1: Um, yeah. I again it is a weird world right I, I think there's a lot of merit in in uh, in that level of user experience that Gutenberg presents or at least what it promises to do it's definitely the right thing to do I want to be able to pick out of a collection of hundred different blogs uh, create you know columns and draws and place widgets inside and so forth uh, this is something that we've built Ourselves in house previously for customer just rows and columns and just the general section experience in order to be able to even add shortcuts uh, you know next to each other and present two different types of experiences back before Gutenberg even existed so again the, the direction is there but uh, I'm I'm just worried about implementation I really wish there was a more focused better tailored uh, approach and focus toward The the right audience. And and I feel that WordPress is kind of missing the point right now over the past few years. Uh, First off, let's take a look at the market share, right? So for the past few years, first off, I believe right now we're at about 43% market share. And at the peak, we were at about 44%. So there's a slight dip in the top of where we used to be. For over a decade, maybe almost 15 years, WordPress had been growing for one and a half up to 3% on average, on an annual basis, uh, it has been flat for the past two years, even slightly dipping. So that's worrying. We see that we have reached a peak and we are having a hard time both retaining customers, well, websites and being attractive enough for new websites, right? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an important Recognition based on just industry numbers and stats, and something that we need to pay more attention to. Second, who who is the ideal or the perfect customer for WordPress, or what was the answer about a decade ago? Bloggers, photographers, uh, journalists, you know, small media publishing websites, you know, five-page business websites, and all that. Right. This was kind of the traditional WordPress audience. Then some of these bloggers, uh, journalists, and other people. They grow up. They, uh, you know, step up in their careers. They become marketing managers and directors, and they introduce WordPress to the workspace because they need to work with other writers. And they're also bloggers, and they also know WordPress, right? So this is kind of how the adoption of WordPress happened among larger organizations. And now the question is, um, you know, anyone, you know, anyone with kids, they know what kids are doing nowadays, right? They're on TikTok and Snapchat and I know Instagram uh perhaps, but how many of them are using websites actively? How many of them, if they build a website, they look into a builder or like a Facebook page or 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 something like that, an online profile. And and that's why it, it's kind of important to recognize that first off, Gen Z and kind of Gen Alpha are using the internet differently. That's the first thing. Second, the last time we updated the WordPress dashboard, uh, the one I remember was probably WordPress 3.6 or so. I may be off, but it was a long time ago, right? We still have settings and tools and a bunch of different things in the admin dashboard which are uncalled for. It's complex. it's 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 not a five page button type of experience. Uh, and and kind of what do kids do? Well, they just don't really go to WordPress because it's, it, it looks more complicated. Uh, what I, uh, it probably was state of the word or any other appearance of Matt's over the past few months. There was a relevant question to how are we bringing adoption to WordPress by the, you know, for kids? And Matt's answer was, well, that's why we do Tumblr. And honestly, I, I, I don't know a lot of people using Tumblr in real life. I, I've seen.
0: No, you, you don't want. Your, you strike me as a very nice person. You don't want <laughs> to know him. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: the, yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, that's kind of one hell of a dark place out there of Tumblr, which is hard, more hardcore than what we see on Reddit and Twitter together. So, so, that's so
0: yeah, like, that side something, <laughs> isn't it?
1: Uh, we used to have like. Deviant art or something like that by then. This is the dark goth emo type of place that was existed like 20 years ago. But, but anyway, I, I I digress. But again, point is we are kind of missing the point on where are we going with Gutenberg and full site editing. Uh, I assume the, the direction is, you know, competing. Well, at least trying to not lose shares to Wix and Weebly and Squarespace and Webflow and the others. Uh, but, But we just need to be cognizant of what they do and how they attract people. We need to be aware of the fact that, once again, Squarespace, that's, I think, the second year they are spending millions on a Super Bowl ad. This is... You know, Work has just lacks that. We we don't have the marketing capabilities. We don't work face to face with people anymore that much. We do rely on our historical cloud, uh, and we just need to be cognizant of the fact that other platforms, other tools, other ecosystems are emerging, and um, yeah, we need to kind of catch up. That's uh, that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you there. Um, so. Um, Let's um let's go for this one. Um so obviously chat GPT um, PTT, um spelled that wrong. Um and AI. Okay. Um you know, there's some people that I know and talk to in the WordPress community, they say you can build a whole WordPress website um with a few command lines, you know. Um I think it probably is possible, but um I also personally think that's you know, that is slightly problematic. But I do actually think it's fundamentally going to change development and what it means to be a developer to some level. Have you had any thoughts around this? It's a hard subject because there's so much, like anything, any kind of technology that has real value. There's so much nonsense around it. It's very hard to judge what the the reality is and what the flannel is really, isn't it? Hmm.
1: Well, I mean, AI, uh, you know, it has been a conversation for the past 20 plus years, right? Uh, From robot movies and, you know, robots taking over the universe through any form of, you know, Uh, machine learning that has been used actively over the past 15 years, to deep learning, to neural networks. Now we are talking GPT services and solutions. So it it has been around for a while. It's true that OpenAI had uh, really uh, kind of sparked uh, a wave of early adopters and and made it really conversational with a chat-like system. So the the marketing is definitely there. The adoption is really there. uh, That's for sure. Now, as to what is going to happen in the future, it's kind of hard to predict. I remember that when, when, uh, crypto came on board like several years ago, at least more, Mm -hmm. uh, became more popular with NFTs, you know, the online digital tokens. Everyone was talking about web three and how web two is dead and so on and so on. Well, now Zook has just, you know, been killing the metaverse over the past five months, uh, more layoffs and you know, putting a hold on that. So a lot of that mm, conceptual investments and in future had been put on hold one way or another, right? So what I'm saying is many of these initiatives uh, become trendy for a year or two, but then they become a normality or don't really become a big deal. That's kind of one side of the puzzle. Second, I don't think that AI is necessarily going to kill jobs. Uh, but but think about there having so many jobs over the past to millennials that uh, are already lost. You know, from blacksmiths that we just never hear of unless it's a movie of The Witcher or something like that. To uh, there are other jobs of like people used to be so street lights. Um, how do you call that? Like you, you throw a rock at the street yeah. light so that it turns off the light. or so. That used to be an actual job back in the day, right? Like people... It, people sounds
0: fun, it sounds fun to me. Yeah, I love it, <laughs> it.
1: It is, right? But there had been similar jobs uh, or, or the street caller or so, you know, it's kind of the morning alarm, a person just shouting out off the street because we didn't have alarm clocks, right? Uh, So what what I'm saying is a lot of that innovation has already been in-house, right? Amazon they already have stores with no store workers. That's something that's a reality and has been for the past several years. Uh, and I can keep rambling on and on on, on different kind of innovation uh, technologies. Computers, the, the early virtual computers, had replaced manual work or uh, typists. Uh, radio has replaced anything else. Like smartphones have had replaced the other people, you know, plugging Different pins into a host to make a manual connection between one line and the other. A lot of jobs have been replaced by technology already. So Chat GPT or OpenAI or any of the other GPTs will potentially make some of the generic jobs obsolete. But when it comes to quality, uh, there's always be there will always be demand for high quality workers. And even WordPress, if you if you really zoom out just a little bit, WordPress had killed. Tons of development, uh, developer jobs, right? People yeah. building static websites, people yeah. building CMS from scratch. WordPress had done that, uh, so now we just take it on another extra step and see, hey, what can we do with WordPress and ChatGPT by default and commoditize it, so that the remaining developers need to build on top of that, uh, unless they want to disappear.
0: Yeah, I thought that was that was a fantastic summary, Mario. Um, Excellent. Thank you. We're going to go for our break, folks. We've got some other fantastic questions. I I think it's been a fantastic interview so far. We will be back in a few moments, folks.
2: Hey, it's Ben from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one click checkouts, one time offers. Custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with Launch Flows. Get your copy today. This podcast episode is brought to you by Lifter LMS the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to LifterLMS.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code podcast 20 that's podcast two zero enjoy the rest of your show
0: we're coming back we've had a great discussion with Mayo Um, you have to come back a bit quicker than last time because i think it's been an excellent discussion um i just want to point out if you're looking for a great partner to host your buddy boss your learning management system um you need a better hosting partner than the average hosting if you're building a site for a client, or you're looking for a vice. Um, you need functionality to Buddy Boss or Learn Dash or Lifter. You're just looking for a quality hosting partner. Why don't you look at WP Tonic and go over to WP Tonic slash partners? We've got some great plans for. Um, developers for WordPress people. We're embedded in the community. Why don't you partner with us? So over to you, Kurt.
2: Well, it's almost like Mario's answers kind of led to this question. It's um, You talked about how people use the internet. You mentioned mobile a few times. Um, And we talked about AI just a touch. How do you think... The ability to turn a WordPress site into an iOS or an Android app or a tablet-friendly app, or do you, do you think that that's going to be so? How important is that? One, I guess it's a two-level question. How important is that, and do you think AI is going to make that more of a possibility moving forward? Um, mixed, mixed feelings here. How often do you download an app nowadays? And, well you're asking me and that's a loaded question because I I do a factory data reset every three months and take everything <laughs> out of my phone wow. <laughs>
1: but you are setting
2: but, but they're setting up the same apps right I mean it's not like you say hey let's just
1: install a random well or maybe you do I don't know but most most people they have uh, you know a couple dozen apps and maybe a few more like I don't know flashlight or some light like out that they do yeah. themselves but uh, to We've had lots of... And again, uh, the, the main line of business that Devrix operates at is WordPress Retainer. So 95% of our business is recurring relationships. Some of them are eight years old, so pretty stable kind of partnership. So we've explored a lot of opportunities for many of our clients, including some of the largest publishers, uh, both like viral ones and national ones in different countries. And the truth is... Uh, mobile apps are not what they used to be uh, back in the day, at least for, let's say, publishing or, or interacting with, with other people, right? So the for most people, I've read lots of research on that, again, because we've had that conversation previously, is um, most people do uh, install a mobile app if they have a really personalized, unique, uh, engaging experience. And ideally, if they use uh, mobile um, uh, kind of motion detectors, camera, GPS, kind of location trackers that work better in a native mobile experience compared to a WebView app, right? These are the two reasons. Like, people read a lot of websites, they don't download an app for every single website. Uh, people participate in communities but most of them still use like discord or slack or so in most cases even if they're attached to a community right even if they have a body boss body press community uh, they they don't actively engage that much unless you have a superior experience presented with something people shop in different places, but they don't necessarily install a unique uh, app for every single store unless it provides, I don't know, 10% discount or or anything else. So what I'm saying is mobile apps are important, but it's really hard. It it takes some extra effort and attention Mm -hmm. to provide the right value proposition to incentivize people to install a mobile app. So that's kind of important to know. One option for that, of course, is uh, you may have a community, of course, or a publishing website, and say, "Hey, like I, you know, the mobile app runs every single morning, pulls up the feed over the past twenty-four hours or the past week." So you have it offline. So you know, whenever traveling in the subway, low coverage, anything like that, you can still browse and get in touch and like kind of have a. Uh, an offline progressive web apps type of experience, right? This is one way to play around that. Uh, but, but lots of businesses are having a hard time just defining and creating that value prop to justify a mobile app. And then even if you do AI is probably going to be, uh, slightly beneficial to that, but not so much. Uh, even now you have phone gap or you have um, a bunch of different frameworks where you can create a hybrid app or a progressive web app and kind of turn a WordPress experience into a different app. And on the WordPress front, there are also two or three other solutions that kind of make that uh, happen.
2: Perfect. Jonathan, after you, sir.
0: Yeah, I think I introduced that question because of the um, my own focus. Obviously, um, we do. We help a lot of people with learning management systems and buddy boss communities. And obviously, um, I think what Buddy Boss has done with their own app is quite interesting. Mm. Um, obviously, they keep the website; uh, it's a paid theme plugin, but then they added this additional revenue stream by offering the app. And obviously, they're in a, a deadly competitive competition with Mighty uh, Networks and what Kajabi is um, trying to do as well. So they're in a hidden head, so, and so are we, because, you know, um, so but I, I think you had some great insights there because a lot of people, I, they get a bit hung up about having an app. Um, they don't understand if anybody's going to use it. You're going to... It's like putting your website on steroids, isn't it? You're gonna really have to crank out the content and the engagement to make the app worthwhile the effort on and they just don't realize that, do they? Well well uh, I guess
1: the thing is so conceptually speaking, creating a bespoke app for a website every single time i don't I don't think this has a lot of value, right. But creating a mobile app experience for WordPress, as in you know the ultimate app where you can hook up several WordPress websites or connect to several BuddyBoss communities, that's a different story because you can build default features for every site running a you know the the BuddyBoss theme, right? And then you can say, okay, you can have a uh combined consolidated list of members, and then you can have direct messages with these members, right? And you can connect to different communities in a similar fashion as you can do with Slack or Discord, right? Uh Like, why do people use Slack so much? Well, it, very easy login, you know, one-click sign-up, sign in link. Even if you don't remember your password and so forth, like you can have multiple workspaces. You receive notifications to one app. Similar with Discord, right? Multiple workspaces. You have one view. Every DM is going to one place, right? So, what I'm saying is, I don't see mobile apps being as appealing on a side by side basis, but I definitely do see the opportunity for, let's say, Ball Say, hey, you know, we're presenting a kind of merchant type of Uh, store owner, community owner type of experience, this is how you can tap to our own app. It's free for your users, and then your users can, you know, communicate with a pretty native experience with us and any other body boss community, right? Now that's a value proposition. Uh, And I think that one of the key reasons why hosted systems, you know, I mentioned Webflow or so, uh, same goes for, let's say, uh, you know, Shopify and e-commerce front, or some of the other kind of community experiences, like I know Circo or uh, Kitchen or whatever. Uh, one of the key things they do better is is that integration. And what we really need to do is just make sure we can integrate better, pre- present a more seamless experience, better user experience, and best case scenario, just pair up with other communities, with other teams, and make sure we can uh, kind of split the efforts and and share the cost of building that experience together so that everyone benefits at the end of the day.
0: Uh, I think that was fantastic insight and I totally agree with you. I'm going to throw it over going to Kurt so you can answer the next question as well. Over to you, Kurt. <laughs> um,
2: if you were Michael J. Fox in the Back to the Future movie and went back to the beginning of your career, um, if you could go back in time, what, what advice would you give yourself, Mario? So... Uh, <laughs>
1: First off, I'm a very ungrateful person in general, and I'm very oh. ambitious and, and asking for a lot in life, but I gotta admit I've been fairly fortunate to be born in the right time and you know, have access to internet and tech in early age and that kind of stuff. So I you know, giving credit to what it's worth, that's, that's definitely being great. If there's from a business standpoint, if there's uh, one thing I would have done better early on, it's definitely focusing on recurring revenue. That's um, my my life completely shifted once we shifted to uh, recurring revenue uh, and namely the retainers in our case uh, the the entire agency feast and famine kind of hey let's close six projects and have no idea whatsoever how to build them and then you know hey winter is coming <laughs> it's been you know. Next two months, no sales calls whatsoever. Everyone's on vacation or summer and or anything like that. This is a horrible way. That that's been very stressful for me. The moment we switched to retainers and kind of higher tier maintenance plans, uh, I mean, you, this just gave me the clarity of 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 being able to focus, to breathe, and say, okay, so let's think of let's think about retention. Let's spend the time to help and grow our customers. Make them more successful and eventually grow with them as well. Uh, for context, I mean right now, unless it's a really rough recession or so, but we generally need to close, let's say, about four customers a year, right? Right now, it may be six or so, but we're not talking about hey, I need to sign fifty different clients this year or so, right? It's only four or six or so. It's so easy to just close. Well, that. I'm over-exaggerating, but closing one customer a quarter does not have the same connotation, level of effort, attention, or so compared to, hey, we need a constant pipeline of multiple sites in parallel for a few weeks or a couple of months, and then make sure we close the other deals and spread them out so that they don't overlap and, and everything like that. So... That that's why recurring revenue has been so strategic. So all of my other businesses and initiatives and and everything else that I do is like th- this is probably the first rule. We need to be a recurring revenue. It's either a SaaS or any form of subscription or a community or anything that brings recurring revenue. Whatever it is, this is just my
2: first rule of thumb. Nice, nice, uh, Jonathan.
0: Over to you. Yeah, I totally agree. We're on the same wavelength. It's been uncanny, this interview, because you seem to be reading my mind or almost every reply to your, to the questions, actually. It's been a very un, it's been uncanny experience, actually, this interview, actually, Mario. Um, so, um, <laughs> so, um, who do you think we um, should interview um, on the show? Do, is there anybody that you follow in the WordPress community, in the tech community, that you think would be a great interview for the WP Tonic show and maybe why you think they would be a, a great interview?
1: Um. Uh, so, not, not, not a specific name per se, but since I mentioned so many different platforms that are not WordPress, I think it would be pretty interesting to just bring someone on who's not super active in the WordPress community, right? Someone from any of the other alternative communities. Uh, it, it, it's kind of a, a, a breath of fresh air in a sense of, hey, like what, what do people outside of WordPress think about WordPress, right? Uh, try try to get an idea of like, why, why does WordPress seem as foreign or as... As different from everything else that we've seen, or like how are other communities doing? So just just getting a perspective from outside of our bubble would probably be interesting. And and one example that comes to up, it's it's actually a couple of people. It's um, there's a kind of performance sauce called Nitro uh, Full uh, disclosure, I'm an advisor for Nitro as well. Uh, they they're a fast growing kind of turnkey side uh, performance solution. Pretty much, install and core web vitals go through through the roof. Right? It's not an Ad, advertising offensors. Uh, but the founders of NitroPack, which I think is an interesting business, so NitroPack right now is WordPress-only solution, right? The software as a service is only compatible and working fully with WordPress. But the original founders, first of all, they started in open cart back in the day, like many, many, many years ago. And second, they had a pretty successful eight-figure exit of uh, Shopify business, right? And now they are growing another business that's probably going to close over, $100 million or so, uh, in a couple of years, uh, is WordPress only. So yeah, I believe that NitroPax founders, uh, George and, and, uh, Mikhail are going to be great, uh, guests explaining how, what's the transition and like being able and successful in other communities and still focusing on WordPress now in, in 2023.
0: Yeah, um, I think, you know, I have attempted to do that. Um, we have a very diverse, um, Kurt would, um, testify that I, I try and mix it up with different guests. You know, it, the focus is around WordPress, but we do have people from the SAS, like Rob Rowling has regularly come on the show, other people from the startup, uh, bootstrap community, because I do see a lot of linkage, mm-hmm. um, in those communities, in their ethos. Um, cause you know, one of the great things about WordPress is a lot of people have built reasonably successful business on the WordPress platform and has enabled them to move into other types of businesses as well. Um, I, I do, um, I personally think. Um, one of the, um, maybe one of the growth areas in WordPress is what I call bo- boutique hosting solutions where um, you provide um, a hosting and a solution for a particular type of customer or industry um, where you can keep the freedom of being not, sucked into a gilded cage basically but um but you also are not um they're like um Example is like Fry Themes and I I'm not having a go at them. And uh, Shane came on my show and he's he was a fantastic CEO. But one of my mm. problems with Fry Themes was that they were they were building a kind of enclosed garden. Um so you still had to go through the loops um of hosting and getting the other plugins to work. But you were also in, in a kind of enclosed garden. Um so it uh, I don't see that as a fantastically attractive proposition. But on the other hand, I think if we want WordPress to move on, we really got to make the experience a lot more easier. It will it will it can never it can never be uh, as easy as a truly focused SaaS solution. But on the other hand, I think a lot of people in the SaaS community are very good at their propaganda Um because it does depend on on the experience of the user entering a SaaS platform if they're going to find it easy or not. Um, example in my own world, Mario is Kajabi. They they are very good at saying we well, provide a total turnkey solution. That is not the reality. Yeah. Because the reality depends on your prior knowledge level. Mm. Um, I don't actually think. There is a few more loops to jump through WordPress, um, but the two aren't that far off, um, but that's my own opinion. I've waffled on enough, Mario. So, Mario, if people want to um, find out more about you and what you're up to, what is the best way to do that, Mario?
1: Yeah, sure. So, I'm pretty active on uh, both Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, My LinkedIn, just look at Mario Bajov, Twitter is, uh, well, Handle is weird, but no underscore fear underscore ink. Back from my early gaming uh, days, so no fear ink with underscores. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty active on both platforms, uh, spending a lot of time catching up with uh, both WordPress-driven clients, partners, uh, vendors, and also outside of the WordPress community. So definitely hit me up or just go to mariopesh.com and, and uh, say hi. we we'll would be more than happy to connect with uh more WordPress peers and and make sure that we can grow the, the platform and the community further.
0: That's fantastic. And Kurt, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and what you're up to?
2: Jonathan, I'm still hooked on LinkedIn and I'm the only Kurt Von it on LinkedIn. <laughs> so if you find me, you know you got the right guy. Um, there's that and then anything on, on the internet that's manana nomas is typically me. I'd love to see it either place. Uh, we'll make a connection and uh, have a call and, and, and see how we can help each other.
0: That's fantastic. And if you really want to support the show, for folks, please share the show on your social media networks. Talk about it, how you found it useful. It really is the best way to promote and support the show we've got some fantastic interviews coming up we've got a great interview next week almost as i predict it's almost going to be as good as this one um we will be back next week folks we see you soon bye hey thanks for listening we really do appreciate it why not visit the mastermind facebook group and also to keep up with the latest news click wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter we'll see you next time